When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. in like two weeks which is like for most podcasts that's like a bad schedule for us that's like way more episodes than usual so don't get used to it (laughs) congratulations everybody yes that's milo as you just heard um we have the entire group here milo michael and case is back case case actually watched kurikin this this week (laughs) yeah i i I, I love busy life yeah. I live a busy life, and I finally had time to watch the February cork and haven't had a chance to do January yet, but I'll get to it. How it really sad wasn't... 
that the toddler on this podcast is the one who has the busiest life. I have a pretty busy <laughs> life, too. Yeah, uh, I have two tests next week and projects, and grad school sucks. So I have, I have like, 80 kanji to review, and I have to write an entire paper in hiragana, so I don't want to hear no shit. <laughs> I have therapy next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh, I have a girlfriend for the first time so that's K Santa girlfriend sitting in a tree <laughs> K-I-S-S-I-N-G uh, you know I'm doing everything wrong as you'd expect it's it's probably not going great uh, please don't tried to, don't tried to like bring up the whole wrestling thing and oh. it, didn't, oh. it didn't go so great cause like she's learning Korean in her free time which is just the most attractive thing I've ever heard and I was like <laughs> I've got an Asian segue whoa 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 um, I'm learning Japanese in my free time do you wanna bang me oh my god <laughs> Jason's a minor <laughs> uh, for one more week. Okay. By the time people listen to this, I will probably be legal. Um, but I was just like throwing it out there, like, hey, sometimes like the this Japanese rest- conversation are frightening. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I threw it out there. I was like, hey, sometimes there's this Japanese wrestling thing that I really like, and uh, she didn't say anything. She just gave me this look of like, you'll never see me naked. Like you had a chance <laughs> and not there now. Uh, and it's a look I've got. It's a look I've got many times before. Like it's not a new look, but like this one hurt a little more than most. N- now, case I do have a question: How many weeks or days into the relationship did you wait before you bring this up? Because it sounds like you did it way Milo's too like, early. Yeah. It's two uh, minutes, and Milo's broken. Uh, way too early. Week two. Oh. Right- we're having a nice afternoon together, and she brought up the Korean thing, and I was like, oh, I might as well shoot myself in the foot. Um, and I did, and oh, man, did it leave a wound. Do you know how long it took me to tell my girlfriend that I like Japanese wrestling? Like, I'm not, even, I'm not even kidding, like three months. Yeah. yeah. Three months before I told her. Case, J- my Joe dude. Lanza, Joe Lanza, like, just don't bring it up. Just, like, you don't have to do it. Like, it's a part of your life you can hide. I'm not answering her text right now, and when she's, <laughs> like, when she's gonna text me later, hey, what were you doing for those three hours on a Sunday? I don't know what to say. You know? <laughs> the Super Bowl today. There you go. Super Bowl. Oh, my God, yeah, the fucking Super Bowl is today. I totally forgot. I have, I seriously, we're recording on fucking Super Bowl Sunday. That's kind of funny. Uh, we have to call is it anyone, the big game. Is anyone here actually watching it? No. I hate football. I, I, like... I, I hate football. I'll watch it. I, I watch I read, it. For I, I, I read all of Ice Shield 21. I don't, I don't know what that sh- is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I, I, I have um, no idea. Uh, I, I, wa- I watch college football. That's it. I don't watch any football. I think it's bad. Yeah, I, like the- I watch football, but the real one. Oh damn! <laughs> no, but I like. I mean, I. It's not like I'm anti-sport. I like baseball, and I used to like hockey before like the internet ruined it for me. But um, I'm really. We, I just figured out I could see the, I could see the Yomori Giants and the Hanshin Tigers when I'm in Japan again this year, which is very exciting. So. John, five minutes. We made five minutes. <laughs> Okay. Why do you guys have like a bet now? Uh, 
No, but we should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying I'm excited to see the Japanese baseball, okay? Hey, it's I, good. I, 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 because I had insomnia last night after I went to bed after watching the first half of the New Japan show, I was watching videos of Japanese arcades, which now apparently Japanese arcades have gambling now. Like Yes, yeah, they do. And they apparently gamble over everything in Japan, so I'm really scared about me going there because I'm an action junkie. Yeah, don't 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 gamble in Japanese arcades, Mike. It's you're not gonna win. These but they won. Games. There's Mario like crazy coin pushing machines. That guy like won like oh, six thousand tokens. I see what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, maybe at that. I thought you're talking about like the kids who fucking bet on fucking fighting games with each other. Oh God, no! Oh God, no! <laughs> like you would get your ass kicked so bad. Yeah, but yeah. Japanese are Japanese arcades. I can confirm are the greatest thing of all time. Like I grew, I practically grew up in arcades, and they're basically dead in America now, especially like on the East Coast. Oh so yeah, when they're I dead. Got to Japan and see like arcades are still around, still filled with people. It's like wow. It's like you guys still, you guys didn't kill your arcades. This is pretty awesome. What arcade were you looking at, by the way? Oh, I was just looking at YouTube videos. I was just trying to go I know, to sleep. Like, what arcade? I, uh, it was one in Akihabara. That really narrows it down, Mike. There's like 50 in Akihabara. They didn't. They didn't say what it was. It was just was it like, major. Was, no, it, was it Taito Hey? Was it Club Sega? Was it, it, it was one. It was like score one or like something like that. Round one. Round one. That's it. Yes, because they showed a token. I can't believe I remembered this. <laughs> it's like you. You realize when you said like at our, it was in Akihabara. That was like that's like someone narrowing down New York and being like, oh, a, a pizza place in New York, yeah, yeah, like, it, yeah, yeah. That's it, like barbecue joints around here, I guess. Yeah, like it just there's a lot. So, um, all right. So don't we have to talk about Dragon Gate or something? Is that why we're? Is that why we're here? I think uh, we but before we actually started recording, we spent a long time talking about TNA. Yeah, so we should we should go into t- the TNA talk. Uh, uh, I, I the, 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 the three of you have never who don't know we're talking about the pro wrestling there's a pro wrestling company called TNA we're not talking about like women's body parts this is the podcast that we'd have to clarify that on though what, <laughs> yes, the way so, we get on topic wait, so, what? Wait, 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 wait 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 is TNA slang for, for <laughs> body parts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> oh, guys that because their fucking Vince Russo has the mind of a twelve-year-old and was like, <laughs> "This is before Vince Russo, though. This was like before oh, no, Russo. I, I thought Russo helped name it. No, that was yeah, he was. Yeah, he was uh, American. Yeah, this is him because Jerry Jarrett wanted something else, and then Vince Russo was like, "I've got an idea." Vince Russo was like, "Boobs and butt. Come on, let's do it. I have the <laughs> I have the maturity of a twelve-year-old. Let's do it." So. So I just I I figure there is somebody out there probably listening to this podcast who doesn't know what TNA is because if you started watching wrestling like let's say in the last two or three years you I might mean, be like the thing on Destination America what the fuck is Destination TV <laughs> so yeah I don't know but I'm talking about TNA when it was actually I I used to watch it when it was actually good which was never but <laughs> um it was I, it was just so bad it was good though. So, yeah, TNA, TNA, we <laughs> are wrestling. I don't even remember that. That would be like 
That would be like your tagline, and then they would have these impacts that were booked by Vince Russo that had like eight minutes of wrestling in a two-hour show. It was it was like, do you guys, do you, does your marketing department talk to your like wrestling company? Because it's a pretty stupid tagline. Well, it's uh, one the yeah. same there, so or it was guess, so. What the fuck is going on right now? I don't know. Talk about t- let's let's talk about Dragon Gate. No. Um, let's talk about Corkin from February second. Yeah, um, this was a this was probably the biggest Corkin in a while. Uh, you had the Dreamgate match, you had the Doi, the the Doi gun tag that was originally supposed to be a Shino gun. But should we talk about everybody dying first? Actually, uh, yeah. yeah, because that's kind of why we were talking about TNA. That's true. I, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I had to tie on. How do we get from death to TNA? Uh, we can't say on air. Things that we can't talk about on air. But anyways, a lot of people are hurt, y'all. And it's sad. I mean, like, three people. Well, there's there's Yoshino and Gama and Kotoko, which were obvious. I mean, everyone's talked about that at this point. And now there's Kaito Ishida. Ishida Uh, was injured before. Yeah, you're right. Ishida was injured before. Is Is that a neck injury? Did we ever get confirmation on that? No, I, I don't think so. I, I I heard neck, but it could have just been rumors, though. Like yeah, we know we know for sure for Kotoka, Gama, and Yoshino, but Ishida, I don't really know. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, after all those years of Dragon Gate being pretty kind of lucky with maybe only one major injury a year, really, this is this it's a bummer, y'all. Well, Kito- okay, Kotoka isn't that serious, right? Am I wrong on that? Like he might be back in a month or two, from what I heard. Yes. From from what I from what I've heard is that it he's already in therapy about it. So for people who didn't know, Katoka had a a lingering knee injury that eventually they was trying to work through, and eventually it just got too bad that he couldn't perform. Like I haven't heard anything like that he blew anything out, but I've heard that he's already kind of doing rehab. So. Maybe a month or two is my guess, mm. and then yeah. So so Katoka's that's not that serious. I'll be back. Although he gets injured so much, he'll probably be around for like a month, and then probably get injured again. Unfortunately, he, he's um, he's really finding a good way of getting out of keeping his head shaved for a year. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they they have an angle where Berserk comes out and demands like like this is a fucking soccer game and there's injury time. And be like, <laughs> you have to, you have to have injury time for your fucking shaved head. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> anyway, the uh, what was I gonna say? I totally forgot. So Katoka, that's Katoka. Ashida, we we really have no idea, right? We don't know how long he's gonna be out. Gamma is a leg injury, right? Gamma is a leg injury, but I, I I remember I think Jay was the one who said this, but he was like, that was known about for a long time, and it was always planned he was gonna take this time off. So I don't think it's not a sudden thing. It's just like he needs the time to rehab. So again, I don't think that's gonna be more than like maybe two or three months at most. Um, yeah, that's correct. But what about but now Yoshino obviously is Ooh. gonna be a year, probably a year at least. Yeah, just it's career threat. Yeah, it's career threatening. Of from what I've heard and and from what I've known in the past for that kind of injury, I'm. 18 months would be the best case scenario. For those who don't know, 
three fractured vertebra and a herniated disc. The vertebra aren't the big problem there with my uh, with my Texan understanding of the human body. I think it's the disc that's going to be the big issue. So, and it's a lot like uh, uh, Conda, Conda's injury that made him retire back in two thousand and two. Was it two thousand two? So yeah, two thousand two. He did. Uh, it's worth noting he came back about three years later. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Oshino. <coughs> sorry. Yoshino is already several years older than Kanda was in 02, so that probably plays a factor too. And it's been wrestling for far longer. But On the plus side, I did see on Twitter people going to shows yesterday, and Yoshino was in the ring with a microphone, which is an improvement from what Jay posted on the Voices of Wrestling forums, where, where apparently he couldn't even do an autograph signing the day after the injury. So maybe he, maybe he's already starting to get a little bit of feeling back or strength back, but his doctor advised him to retire. So until we get official word one way or another, which we might not get the full story other than hearing it secondhand, to be honest. So yeah, and it really this injury happened. Oh, go ahead. It, yeah, and like it, it really throws this year out the window just like and Corkin really was kind of them putting back the pieces and kind of stalling a little bit until they submit their rest of 2017 plan so that's the outlook from Kyoshino in my opinion I do want to bring up one thing um his injury happened on the 123 Kobe Sambo Hall show so unless Gaiora is throwing us for a loop again I mean we should be able to see that match um, it was Shingo and Cyberkong versus Yoshino and Ben K, and that was the semi-main event. Um, as for Dragon as a whole, I mean, I missed the January Cork and ha- still haven't seen it, and uh, I just watched the February Cork and yesterday finished up my review this morning. By the time you're listening to this, it will probably be on VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, but just from reading basically your guys' tweets of the two the two prior Cork and shows. I was starting to get really concerned about the future of Dragon Gate. Where are we going to go without Yoshino? What's going to happen? Why are all these injuries happening? And then I watched this Corican show, and, you, and, you, and I'll talk about it here, and I talked about it in my review. And even without Yoshino, who I think this year was going to become the sort of third Dragon Gate guy. There's Shima and Mochizuki, and they're firmly at the top. I think Yoshino was going to join them in that aspect. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. But I still feel fully confident about the future of Dragon Gate. I'm very excited for what's bound to happen. And it just sucks that Yoshino's not going to be a part of this year because uh, our understanding is it was going to be the year of Masato Yoshino. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, before we get into Kurkin real quick, I forgot I wanted to do this. So we have we have thousands of listeners, which is not – which is incredibly weird given – <laughs> what we put on every put on this show every time but we only have like a hundred and something twitter followers i think one of the reasons might be because i never remember to plug the twitter or anything else until the very end of the show so if you listen to this show and you like us and you want to follow us and hear more about us at open voice gate again that's at open voice gate know the and if you ever, you can send us questions on there for the show. 
you can just uh, you can see all the retro rewatch matches on there. So at Open Voice Gate, if you want to email us any questions or anything like that, it's openthevoicegate at gmail.com. So there is a thought in the email. There isn't a thought in the Twitter. That's confusing. I apologize. But um, okay, plug out of the way. <laughs> February second, Corican Hall, Truthgate. Um, so the opener was Genki Horiguchi, Jimmy Susumu, and Jimmy Kagatora against Don Fuji, Shun Skywalker, and Yuki Yoshioka. I remember liking this match quite a um, bit. Um, sorry, go ahead. Where the fuck is Hio Watanabe? He, I'm worried about like, my small there leopard is son. Literally no, like, I, I, nothing against Yoshioka, but there is literally no reason why that should have been him in this match instead of Watanabe. Where is he? I don't. What did I, you do with him, Shima? This this happens. Did you eat him. This happens with the with the young bo- with the younger guys a lot. Where like they'll suddenly get pulled off of a lot of shows, and I think I feel like it happened to Watanabe and or, or not Watanabe. With Ishida and uh, Yamamura. Yeah, they times. rotate. They rotate. Yeah. So. so like, I don't. I think they just kind of like wanted to. I mean, maybe he did something wrong in the dojo. I don't know. But like, <laughs> but yeah, he's, I don't... he's back on the February twelfth Fukuoka Hakata Star Lane show. So I think it was just a cycling thing. Yeah. Yeah. He should have been on the what's show he... though. I agree. What's he doing in Fukuoka? Oh, he's in the opener. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. in the opener. It's Horiguchi, Kanda, Kanes versus Fuji, Sashihoko, and Watanabe. Yeah, so Watanabe will be, you know, I'm sure he'll be around. But yeah, so he wasn't in this match. I, I remember liking this match a lot. Um, it, it was just the, the young boys show good fire. Don Fuji as, like, the protective dad instead of the abusive dad for once was <laughs> kind of cool. Um, and then Kagetora ended up pinning Yoshioka in about 10.45 with the Gurama Kale. Guluma Kakale. Guluma Kakale. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's a, it was a good match. I liked it. I, I, I don't know what, where Fuji just finds that bottle, though. Oh, that water bottle he throws? Yeah, the, I, I, I can't figure out because uh, I don't really pay attention during the, the entrance unless it's Mochizuki. <laughs> so, shut up understandable so, so i never know if he like brings it with him or if he has it like under the rain just ready to throw out a poor man's head but he I, needs to check i i, I thought well, water bottle throwing and, and i can't confirm but water bottle throwing might be a tradition in sumo schools at this point uh because <laughs> between between tenru and fuji they have deadly accuracy with these water bottles, and I'm starting to be convinced that that's what actually goes on in those dojos. I I mean, that would not surprise me at all. I love the fact that pretty much from the beginning, it was so clear that Don Fuji in the back of the show was smoking a cigarette, reading the newspaper, finishing off a beer, heard his music play, and I was like, you know what? What I'm going to do to this show? I'm just going to fuck with... Uh, Ginky Horiguchi all match long. <laughs> and Yeah, that was so like when he refused to do the handshake pre match and then like they, they just kept going after him the entire time. It was like, what the fuck did Ginky ever do to you, buddy? <laughs> yeah, it, um, it was fun though. Like, uh I do feel like we need to talk about Shun already has new gear and Yes, the, I was gonna bring that up. Uh the colors are the same, but Milo no. I, I, I are the colors are all kind of 
similar. Like, they all match. The gloves match now the suit. Finally. But, Milo, I actually had a question for you because I have a really strong opinion about this. What do you think about his ears? <laughs> Why are they out? Thank you. It's so <laughs> weird. The mask is a lot better except for his ears. Like, but. everything was going so well until I noticed that his ears were out for some reason, and then I was like, what the fuck? That's, yeah, I don't understand either. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that everything is color-coordinated now, at least. And it, the mask is different too, right? Like, his mouth wasn't exposed yeah, before. Yeah, I, I was calling for him to uncover his mouth, but not his ears. I don't know what happened there. That's not on me. I thought, I thought it looked better, but it's, that was a low bar to clear. So nose down, <laughs> it was great. Nose up, boy, cover up your ears. That that's just <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, I have no, I have no idea what's going on with this child. But maybe it's going to be like a uh, a uh, super Shalong two situation where eventually he just like shows up in a clear mask, and it's just going to be really <laughs> creepy. Hmm. I'm just yeah, throwing out no, ideas here. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but yeah, I I like the I like the new gear a lot more than what he previously had. I like the color better. I think that lime green is very, very sexy. I don't know. <laughs> What's the question again? Oh, oh, I was just asking about the ears. <laughs> that's that's all I had. Yeah, well, I don't I don't like them. I don't know why they creep me out. It's just, it just doesn't make aesthetic sense, and that's what bugs me about them. But that's really all I had from that first match. It was fun. It was a fun match. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, next was a match <laughs> that I am really excited to talk about: Big R Shimizu, Takahiro Yamamura. Um. Who, who wants to go first? Because I, I think we all have a lot to say about this match. I, all right, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, all right. Um, so I, I expected nothing out of this. Yamamura has never been my cup of tea. I actually were working as a group on the Dragon Gate 2017 uh, perspective sort of book that will be out on the Voice of Wrestling at the end of February. And... I took a few shots at Yamamura in some of my writing of just, like, this guy's been on the roster for almost 18 months. What's he doing? He's just there. He's Ashita's friend at this point. And he comes out of the box here and looks like a completely different wrestler, takes it to Big R, who is one of the most protected, one of the most dominant guys in Dragon Gate, and these two go to a 20-minute draw. I, off the top of my head, and I, I did not have a chance to look this up, I don't think Yamamura's ever gone 20 minutes before. So this was impressive because the match never fell apart. It it climaxed in a beautiful way. I mean, there was a clear build in this match. The finish, I thought, was perfectly done. I can't say enough good things about this. And this made me realize that, like, Dragon Gate will be okay. We're seeing something in America where we're seeing all these indie guys get snatched up. They're going. And now the indies are in a weird spot where you're seeing some guys in high positions that probably shouldn't be. They're not really ready, but... Indie companies have no choice but to usher them into these main event roles. Dragon Gate's got that taken care of. They've built these guys up. Shimizu's been ready to explode for years now. He's now a made guy. Yamamura in one night made himself 
I am now more interested in Takihiro Yamamura than I've ever been and that I probably ever will be. This might be the peak of his career, and I'm okay with that because he did it at the perfect time. Four and a half stars for this match. I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. Uh, I really, uh, not just echoing what you said, Case, but like it was just a great display from Yamamura. Just, I think that in some ways, and we could probably get into speculating about how things are going to end up now in this post Yoshino era, which is kind of sad to say. But uh, I, it really, in some ways, me felt like that this show was kind of Yamamura's graduation from over generation rather than just being one of Shima and Gama's guys to now, like, being, like, being, like, I don't want to say a made man, but now he has, like, a distinctive character to him. And there's just a lot of great stuff there. Like, I love Shimizu's, like, little, like, beefy kick he throws where he kind of jumps a little bit up in the air and kicks someone. That's just the best I, I love that move. The so. best reaction to the night by Cork, and they, they loved it. Yeah, I, I, I'm calling it the beef kick. Because <laughs> it makes sense to me. Uh, it and it really played into it that like and it's not and it's something that never happens in the states. And I don't watch enough European wrestling or lucha to say so. But like in Japan, you always have the thing saying five minutes have passed, ten minutes have passed, fifteen mm-hmm. minutes have passed, and you could tell that like the crowd was expecting this to be like. The, there's kind of like a like a set schedule on how things work at Corkins. You have the opener. You usually have a singles match in the lower card. Then you have like a big, uh, a big like pre intermission tag match, and then you have your two your semi and your main event. But th- this match usually isn't much more than like what what would you say like a ten minute little match usually. Yeah. But this one like the crowd just gets amped up each time the uh, each time kikuchi says it gives a time update and especially like when it get when it got to 15 minutes they the crowd were like this could go to a draw and the crowd was so much into it and it and, and like having like this might be shimizu's longest last match of his career as well like singles match with him like getting so tired out they couldn't cover right after the shot putt slam which still protects the move so i i only gave it four yeah, that's but- one that's one Go ahead. I was going to say, I only give it four because I thought the start was a little bit slower than what I am. I mean, I watched this later. I, was, I, I woke up to a tweet from Milo saying, I can't wait to hear what I what Mike has to say about this. Yeah, because you were very harsh on Yamamura before. Hey, and I, wanted to know. I, I, I take back most of what I said for Yamamura. I feel like that he no longer is at the Yuki, Yoshi, Yoshioka, and UT line of people <laughs> on the roster. I think he's kind of, I, I, he's, he's nowhere close to Binkei, but he probably is right below Binkei. Wait, did you just say he's nowhere close to Binkei, but he's right below him? Yeah, like in the I rankings. I would love to be right below him. Um, Crazy. I, I, so I, I thought this match was really, okay, the first five to ten minutes were kind of slow paced and nothing was going on. But after that, it really picked up a lot, and I thought it was... I would go four stars also. I thought it was really good by the end. And I was also pretty hard on Yamamura, but by the end of this, he... He finally showed... Like, okay. He showed... He was given a spot to shine, and he shined in it. So you can't really... You have to go with probably a lot of the problem last year was probably the booking as much as anything else, where just he had nothing to do and didn't really 
you know, he didn't stand out in a nothing spot, but which you know some guys managed to, and he didn't manage to. But in the spot he was given this time, he really did shine, and I thought made a really good impression on the Corican crowd. A, a good enough impression that you know when he comes out later, I, I think before this match he would not have been looked at as a suitable um, replacement in that eight man tag. So having him and Shimizu come out and tear it up here and do this 20 minute draw was really smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the best match on the show. As did I, I, um, I'm curious as to, and it's, it's an answer that I'll never know. Um, but was the original plan for that eight man tag to be Shima and Mochizuki in that spot? And then, you know, or, or even was it the original plan Shimizu and Yamamura and then Shima and Moshizuki watched that match and thought, wow, this is really going to put them over the top if we come out there and then introduce those two. I, as a whole, I thought the booking uh, minus one aspect that we'll talk about in just a minute, I thought the booking on this show was uh, tremendous. And and the yeah. fact that Shimizu and Yamamura are in this spot, I mean, it, it's the, the best possible scenario that could have come out of this. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so, yeah. I really, I thought this was the, like I said, the best match on the show. Um, and also, um, if you had told me a year ago that Bedar Shimizu and Takahiro Yamamura would be having the best match in Karakuen Hall, I would have believed you because I believe in my boys. And I just want to <laughs> say that I'm the only person on this podcast who never turned on Hiro. I've always loved him. Sorry. And you, you guys know I get very protective. Um, of course. <laughs> What? No, you protective. What? You protective. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, I totally do agree with um, Mike in case that Mochizuki um, probably taught Shimizu how to kick, which is adorable. And I was I was not prepared for Shimizu to just start throwing kicks. The, the beef kick is my early 2017 move of the year in Dragon Gate. <laughs> I was I was very like very pleasantly surprised. Um, I think it doesn't look um, like he's trying. You know how sometimes it might look like he's like trying too hard mm-hmm. to like emulate someone else. But I really didn't think it came off that way. I thought that it was a great addition um, to what he already does. Um, Yamamura looked amazing, and I think that it's also it also goes to show. Um, how strong Shimizu kind of looks now um, as a member of the roster with his, um, you know, he had this really, really great 2016. Um, and it really, I think it really goes to show how strong he looks now when um, Hiro is really being put over by being able to stay in the ring 20 minutes with Big R Shimizu. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Am I making any sense right now? Oh, yeah. No, you are. Okay. Um, and yeah, like, Yamamura, you know, I guess that you can argue that he did, he, I mean, it's true that he really didn't do anything in 2016. Like, he was, what? What is the most memorable thing that Yamamura did in 2016? Get beat up by Mochi and Fuji. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he had, uh, well, he and Kaito challenged, um, Dragon Kid and Shima, um, 
for the Twin Gates, but that show that show never made um, never aired. So yeah. But yeah, I'm really really excited, and I think that we'll talk about the quote unquote excellent booking um on this show because i think we are going to disagree on this one um but i think if there's one thing that they absolutely get right it's um presenting yamamura as someone who's ready to really do stuff outside of overgeneration and really do stuff that isn't defined by anyone else but himself oh yeah whereas sorry Whereas, you know, before he was defined as being one of Shima's boys or by teaming with Ishida. And now he's really going into business for himself. And I think that's amazing. I, I really do think this felt like his his graduation from over generation. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. So. So should we get into the, the uh, problem parts of the show? Yeah, there's right. a lot of them. All right. Match three. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Match three had uh, the Jimmy's team of Ryo Jimmy Saito and Jimmy Kanda versus the Berserk team of Brother Yashi and the newly renamed Dr. Berserk, who was obviously punched Tomonaga the entire time. And it just. I could. I, I will say for the record, I, I didn't pick up on it. So I'm, I'm I guess, that dense, but I did not pick up on it at all. I, 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 I did. I guess everybody said the stomping. I just was watching him and like. Yeah. I I think more it's more also like I didn't want to believe it was punished. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was possible, but it was like, oh, be so stupid. Please just let it yeah. be anybody else. I think it was the stomping, and also punch really has a very distinct body type. Yeah, that's what <laughs> did for me. Like... I wasn't thinking body type, I guess. Yeah, I just... well, okay, I will say, I he does have a distinct body type, but. I wasn't thinking about the body type because it could have easily been just punch for one night. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I thought him, too. That's what I hoped pull, for. Yeah. Had him pull off the mask. So I wasn't worried about the body type, basically. I, I don't know. I just, I didn't pick up on it and I was just, this match fucking, this match was fucking stupid. It was there. It was seven minutes and 50 seconds, a fucking DQ ending. I mean, you know, I thought the doctor was there. I, I, I really don't ever need to see the doctor in actual matches ever again any doctor gimmick because like it's never good um it's just it's just kind of like why are we doing this yeah you want to have the doctor run in and do and do and do do stuff like that that's fine but just the actual doctor in actual matches has always been fucking stupid to me it that mass much must really suck to work in because like i can't think of anyone who has had a decent doctor muscle match <laughs> yeah, I mean, all my fit, the best one ever is probably when Yoshino beat Gamma during the Open the Gamma Gate thing, and that's because it only went like two and a half minutes. Right. At the end of the Open the Gamma Gate, where he came out as Dr. where he was a Doctor Muscle and beat him for the title to restore to the Brave Gate, that was like two and a half minutes. The, probably the best Doctor Muscle match of all time. Sounds like the best Gamma match of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but like. The, the, you know the funniest thing of that, by the way, is that if you look at the Open the Brave Gate history, that is credited as a Dr. Muscle title reign, not a Masato Yoshino. Because <laughs> he, he vacated it right after the match. Yeah. So, like, it's credited as a Dr. Muscle title reign. Yoshino does not get credit for it. It's kind of well, funny. it closed the Open the Gamba Gate title history, and that must really disappointed Commissioner Genki Horiguchi. 
<laughs> Didn't he? He was going by a different name or something. Oh, no, 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 Hiramasa. No. He went by his real okay. name. Okay. Yeah. The, the, yeah. And the the commissioner was Gamma's real name, and like Genki was like the oh, I forget what they they used a different term. It was like he was like the guy the representative for the commission right or something yeah like yeah. Board, yeah board representative board representative yeah it was like it was really funny and then uh, the, the last laugh of all this is the gamma gate thing ends and then they do a decision match for the title and genki wins it so like after being after i guess that was like his reward for doing all this open the gamma gate bullshit for months was he got the title right after anyway and it was right after mori uh vacated it too which sucks yeah because gamma ran in on the match and Mori's a good little baby face, and he's like, I can't win the title with cheating. Mori's a nice boy. He's always been a nice boy. Yes, he's a good man. He never, he never, he's one of the Dragon Gate guys who never turned heel. That's interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask that question later on in the podcast. I'm glad that came up. Why were you going to ask about Anthony W. Mori? Well, I was going to ask about Mori specifically, but, and I sort of missed my talking point on this, of course, but... When thinking about the future of Dragon Gate and how things are going to go on, and I was watching this opener and thinking Susumu Kagatora, Horiguchi, and then throw in Saito and Kanda. One, my question was, has Susumu ever been a heel? I, my answer yeah. was yes, because I remembered M2K, obviously. He was heel, um, and also also in Real Hazard for like three months. Mm-hmm. It was weird. I don't I don't realize Susumu was ever in Real Hazard. Yeah, okay. but like so um, he was he was the so he was the fight. ex. Yeah, he was the ex when uh, or, or he was he was Doctor Muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is late two thousand nine. Doctor Muscle was aiding Real Hazard, turned out to be Susumu, and then it was supposed to lead up to Susumu turning back on Ryu to pay Ryu back for turning on him earlier that year. So it was basically supposed to be a, supposed to be a, like a, a a fake turn, in other words. Like he turned heel, but he only did it to betray Ryu for betraying him earlier in the year. But Ryu got hurt, so. Instead, we got Kness as X. So Kness also joined Real Hazard for like a couple months. And then they split off from Real Hazard and did the Kneska team in 2010. So yeah, so it, since M2K slash New Fixer, Susumu has been healed for like a grand total of like four months or something. So. That is tremendous. Well, I was th- thinking of like, if they need to shake things up, the Jimmies at some point, I think, have to be shaken up. I mean, they've been together for... It's coming up on five years. They don't have Shut to. Shut your mouth. Right? They don't yeah. have to. They don't have I to. I know they don't have to. It it feels I mean, I was thinking about it like Dragon Gate would be drastically different if the Jimmy split up. I mean it would really change things more so than a mad blanket or a monster express or Case? whatever would split up. And I realize it's a dangerous territory. Case, I don't think you might have to catch some hands here. Case <laughs> just know that I have nothing to lose. And I will go to prison. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second, Milo. Milo, you have yes. nothing to lose. Are you going to do what you want? <laughs> <laughs> H- how much do you think I'll get for triple homicide? <laughs> <laughs> so Milo is in black and yellow is what they're trying to tell us here. But, um... I, I'm going to cancel my Jimmy's turning heel talking point, and I think we should move on to the next match. Oh, because so so I'm scared. It's a really cool topic, though. Who who in Dragon Gate has not been a heel? Like, well, Yoshino was the one we talked about endlessly lately. But who has who has either not been a heel at all or not been a heel in years and years and years? 
So, it took, uh, it took a long time to do that for once. 40 minutes, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, my my, ar- my argument about the person that I would present, and this was with a caveat just because I don't think his time in this unit, they were true heels yet, would be DK. Well, uh, I, 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 I count it. Because, like, they, were, they weren't true heels, but they were the only heel unit in Dragon okay. Gate, you know? Like, they, there weren't any other heels. So like even though they were more tweener than heel, they were that was a heel unit. So no, I count it. But I, I, than- I don't I don't want to see that either because there's that that really good dragon kept ricochet versus Pac and Shisa match from Korken. and like that's the one match where you can see like DK's actively trying to be a heel and it doesn't work at all. And you're like, yeah. ah, put the green back on. Come on, what are you yeah, doing? I mean, it didn't work that. It did, it really never worked. So that's why they 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 ran from it pretty quick. But yeah, so so dragon kid was a heel for i guess you could say about five months but like Mo- you, it was more between a group anyway but yeah that that would be another one Mochizuki uh, since Aganisu, yeah which is funny considering he originally came up as a heel basically yeah so like that he made his big splash as a heel in m2k and then he had a he had an okay run in Aganisu. other people like that better than i do um, okay, let's think. What about Kagatora? Because I, I don't know enough of his kamikaze history. Okay, so, oh, Kagatora. Yeah. Kagatora, that's a good one, too. Kagatora had two different separate runs in Real Hazard. Both lasted for, like, less than a month. or Well, one was, like, less than a month. One was, like, a month and a half. That's it. Those are his two heel runs in Dragon Gate. So, very short. He debuted as a member of Real Hazard, basically. He debuted after El Dorado went away and was like, I'm going to bring chaos to the Dragon Gate ring and blah, blah, blah. And he quickly joined Real Hazard. Um, he only lasted for about a month and a half. And then he turned on them because they were like bullying him or something. And he turned on them. And that was one of the formations. That was when Warriors first formed. So Warriors when Warriors five. Five, Warriors 5 first formed. Yeah. So that was, it was him, Susumu, Shima, Gamma and uh, Yohei. Yeah. So now, now known as uh, Ryoma. Or oh no, Ryo- Ryoma now, now known, known as Yohei. Ryoma now known as Yohei. There yeah. you go. But he was Ryoma at the time. I got that reversed. So those are the original five. He turned on Real Hazard and cost them the Twin Gate titles against Gamma and Susumu. So that was his first face turn. He lasted about one year in Warriors Five. He tur- He like left them. And joined Real Hazard again in like early 2010, but he joined them right as they were imploding. So like he ended up turning on them again in three weeks and joining Kamikaze because um, his life coach Akira Tozawa, the the wise Akira Tozawa, basically told him to join Kamikaze. And then they had like Kamikaze and Warriors had like a Kagatora contra Kagatora match because for some reason Warriors wanted the guy back that just walked out on them like three weeks prior. It was but, great. Yeah, Kamikaze won it, and then so Kagatora again again lasted about three weeks as a heel, and that's it for him as a heel. So yeah, because he went after that he went Kamikaze to Junction Three to Jimmy's. So yeah. that's his only. Those are his only two heel runs. Very short. So that's another one. And it's funny because pre Dragon Gate he had a lot of heel runs. I mean he was in Stone Dimensionoku Pro. Kowloon. He was in he was in Kowloon. So like he had a bunch of heel runs before that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's another good one. And, and, and I am tempting my fate here with Milo. 
if anyone ever to was to leave the Jimmys, probably would have been him. I don't think it's going to happen, but if anyone were to, I could see him being that. See, I don't. I just don't think they have any interest in him in him doing a heel run. So I don't know. It seems Fair like enough. it would happen. It seems like it would happen by now, but I could be wrong on this. Um, so I think that's pretty much it for guys who have never, unless there's obviously there's a bunch of young guys. Sachi. Yeah, we talked about Sachi last time, and you did, weren't you the one who told me he shouldn't count because mm-hmm. all those years he wasn't doing anything until World War International. I, I still believe he doesn't count. Okay, so then why are you bringing him up again? <laughs> I, I, for record, for the record. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, unless there's someone obvious I'm not thinking of that hasn't been. No, I mean, I'm looking at the roster page, and it looks like everyone. Everyone else. You know, the, yeah. yeah, the Jimmys have covered their tracks. I mean, Shimizu's at a point now where I think we can yeah, he's been around for a as not a rookie. Now. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I, I don't see him turning heel anytime soon just because there's the the lesser version of him as Cyber Kong, and I don't see Drangate having Shimizu and Cyber Kong in the same unit. Yeah. I, I just thought of one, and this is going to be a contingent. It's going to be a contingent on if you don't believe millennials were heel, if you believe they're a tweener, which I do. Maria. Yeah, oh, Maria, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Because she did... I guess, uh, yeah, because Maria cause never the, really drifted off we, in that direction. And we can remember, too, obviously, before she was Maria, she was... Uh, Super Shenlong and the former um, Super Shenlong three Yosuke Watanabe. Yeah. So uh, she's had a longer run than people think because you know the character mm-hmm. has only been around for a few years, but she was around for a while before that. So yeah, that's a good one too. She hasn't been here in a long time. But yeah, I guess that's it or ever actually. Yeah, she hasn't been here ever, but she's been around a long time. And I, I didn't think of that one last yeah. month. But yeah, I didn't think of that one either. Probably because we're just thinking of her as Maria, but you mm-hmm. know she's been around a lot longer. Okay, so, so... Match four? Match four. <laughs> <laughs> it was Shima, Dragonkin, and Ida defeating Mochizuki, KZ, and Maria. Shima pinning Maria at about 1443 at the crossfire. This was a really fun six fan, I thought. Like, yeah. um, KZ and Maria, were, when, whenever they were in there, they had some really cool exchanges with Shima and Dragonkin. Made me want to see that twin gate match. Uh, Ata and Maria had some fun exchanges. Whenever they're in the ring together, it's like if you remember back that the entire reason why the Maria character exists is because she loves Ata. Is they had or she loved Ata? I guess we should say. I don't think I don't know if she still does, but they whenever they have their exchanges, it just seems a little extra heated. Right. So I I always enjoy their exchanges. And Mochizuki is Mochizuki. I mean, he's a living legend, Fuck, a yeah. living a living god even. So um, uh, I, this, I, this match is this match is awesome. I think you're bearing the lead there, John. This was probably the greatest first Gong Kid ever. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about the first Gong Kid. Oh, she was so cute. She was so happy. Like you've never seen a child so fucking happy to be picked for anything in their entire life. And and uh, afterwards, I it made sense why too because her it turns out her favorite wrestler was in the ring. <laughs> so she was she when, when she I mean. You'd think for a guy who's been around, well, I guess for little kids, it won't matter how long he's around. But you think for Their a guy entire who's pushed, life. yeah, like you'd think Shima would get more love from the kids, but I can't remember the last time one of the kids said Shima was your favorite wrestler. So it, uh, it something. Shima, Shima was Shima was very excited to be this child's favorite wrestler. So oh, it's so cute. Also, how she said Shima-sama. Oh yeah, that's true. 
And like they all and they all talked about that for a long time. They were like Sama, because for people who don't know, um, the the suffix Sama is super fucking respectful, and it's generally like the only time you hear it now is if you're a customer somewhere. Basically, they might call you if it's a high class place, they might call you like Okaksama instead of Okaksan, which is like I, my Japanese pronunciation is terrible. I know, but like. Basically, instead of it's just an extra respectful term, but it's not a term that people use that much in everyday conversation anymore. So, for this girl to call him Shima Sama, she's basically calling him like Shima the God or something. Like it's not far off in meaning. So mm-hmm. they were very impressed by her calling him Sama, and she was very excited to be next yeah. to Shima. Yeah, she had like... no fear. She was the one who's gonna eat him. <laughs> <laughs> She was great, and she rang that bell great. Like we've had a couple like sassy ones or ones that didn't want any part of it. This this young girl knew what she wanted to be in there, knew her answer to who her favorite wrestler was, gave him a great honorific, and then rang the bell. Like she didn't need help. Like she knew what she was doing. She she I think she's the new timekeeper for Dragon Gate. Yeah. Mm-mm. Like her, I even before they called her, like I was hoping they were gonna call her because like the parents and her were all so excited. Mm-hmm. Like they were holding this child up and like shaking her around, like basically begging them to pick them. Like it's at that point, it's like how could you pick anybody else? But yeah, yeah so that was a great that was a great child, and then the match was also great. So two thumbs up for all of this. Yeah, I love the like, like I talked about it a, a couple minutes ago. I love how they kind of formulate these corkins that like their pre-intermission is always like this six man tag or like eight man tag and like this to me is like my ideal of what this match should be it was fast paced it was a whole lot of fun a lot of interactions moving the uh storyline between uh KZ and Maria and CK1 forward like it was like really like I enjoyed this match a whole lot it's not a match that I'll probably remember in like four months but it, when I go through my notebook where I take notes each show, I'll flip back to this. I'm like, oh yeah, that match was fun. I like that match. I I love this. First of all, Shima used the crossfire, and even if it was on Maria, I that move should be stolen by every wrestler in the world. Such a great looking move. Um, mm-hmm. And this match made me go, wow, I don't think I've ever seen Aten Mochizuki have uh, this much interaction. And they haven't uh, had a singles match since 2012 in the mm-hmm. King of Gate tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that show, uh, for reference... Oh, go ahead, Milo. No, I said I, I was actually going to talk about that because I, when I was watching the show, I was like, I need a singles match between the Eita that we have now and Mochizuki because their last, first, and only singles match was in uh, 2012 when Eita was just a baby. Yeah, he was, so he was going by his full name. Eita Kobayashi. Yeah, still doing my school name. Definitely not the wrestler that we know today. Um, so, I mean, the Aita so from reference. earlier in the Aita from earlier in 2015 wasn't the wrestler we know today. <laughs> That's true, but that was already an, a slight improvement with yeah, just worse year. <laughs> well, <laughs> in for reference, that that match was so long ago. On that show was uh, Shima Drenkid and Stalker Jikawa versus Yoshino Supershisa and Pac. So the last time those two had a singles match, we still had Pac. It was before 205 Live. It was before <laughs> everything went to hell. 
Um, so it's about time we get another Ata Mochizuki singles match. Preferably, mm-hmm. just throwing this out there, maybe the Mayor June Corkin, maybe during the King of Gate tournament. Maybe. I would, I would prefer, actually... August 8th. Shut up, John! <laughs> that would be my preference for this match. Yeah, it's probably going to be King of Gate. Okay. Well, in case anyone's listening, August 8th, 2017. <laughs> At Genki Horiguchi, if you've got a pencil near you, just throw that one yes, in there. I, 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 can, I can suggest you some more matches, Genki. Just hit me, <laughs> up, on, hit me up on Twitter. If, you wanna, you. if Genki wants to ensure I'm there... You need to bring out my boy Kenichiro Rai from from walking on tables and being drunk. Genki, you cannot do that. Actually, you can not <laughs> not bring out Kenichiro Rai. If I want to see Kenichiro Rai while I'm in Japan, I'll just go to like some fucking indie with ten fans. I can see him there. So yeah, go to go to a nice Apache Pro show. I'm sure it'll be nice and clean there. Is Apache Pro even still a thing? I think they just. Oh, it was it Secret Base or Apache Pro that just had their last show? Apache Pro. Apache Pro with, when oh. uh, Tanimura retired, right? Yeah. What? What? Did, is out Secret for Apache Pro? I haven't heard anything about Secret Base lately. Are they still running shows? Oh yeah, they are. I what? check I, their website's updated constantly. They basically run in a basement, <laughs> uh, like somewhere, and then do like one show a year at uh, Shenkiba. They exist. <laughs> the Ace. Oh my. Okay. The Ace. Do you want to know who the so- Ace? Ace of Secret Bases right now? Is the Ace still Go or no? No, it's Yoon. Oh, yeah, he won the belt from Go. Yeah. Okay. yeah the, the, one, the first ever failed fifth member of Crazy Max. Is this the uh, Yoon from T2P? No, this yeah. is the U from Torimon. Like, T yeah, and Torimon into T2P. Okay, all right. Well, that sounds lovely. I wish that would so be Cage on Cage Match stopped updating the results then as a thing. Whoever I, was doing them. I, I mean, uh, I'm pulling up Secret Base's website right now just because it exists and it's lovely and it's like straight oh out. Oh my god. This is like fucking age. This is like, I've been in Angel Fire. Had significantly better fucking websites than this. Oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? Alright, so the last show was January 23rd. Um, What's the website? It's like blog.livejour.jp uh, uh, slash uh, space2009. I'm dropping into Slack. And that's not even – like you're looking at the blog. You're not looking at the website, which is even worse. All right. No, I think I saw the website, and then it, it went to the blog to see the results. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the main event was the captain – oh, wait. The captain's secret base title, it, the champion's not June. It was – Shimizu has it now? Yeah. Wow. He, Amigo Suzuki. Oh, my, oh Jesus. Oof. Oh, my, third eye, my eyes. Oh, my eyes. Oh, my God. What the hell is going on here? Loveliness. Secret Base website. For those who don't know what Secret Base is, when the uh, ult- when Ultimo left, when there was a split between what became Dragon Gate and Dragon Door, Dragon Door fell through because of the Live Door scandal, which was funding them. Then it became El Dorado. El Dorado existed for like four years was it like four... no, no less than that i think i I, I, think not, like, I think it was like three yeah el dorado i think 2006 to 2008 i thought yeah. it was longer than that but it basically became when el dorado finally died then like the very remaining people which were like people from tormon x that just didn't stick around because originally in, in el dorado all the stables were based around former agon isu members they jumped ship and it basically became just 
the dregs of the dragon system, to put it nicely. Yeah. Amigo Suzuki, who's probably more known for his random Chikara dates than anything, <laughs> was on there. And uh, he's in the main event. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you if you translate these results, one of the one of the per, one of the like wrestlers gets the name Karate Mommy. So there you go. Th- that's not my favorite wrestler. Karate I, Mommy. I, I I I love that the proper full title of the Secret Base Championship, which is the captaincy of Secret Base, because Secret Base because continuing the El Dorado theme of that they are pirates looking for treasure is if you run through google translate it is the captain dash of dash, dash the, the, the secret base indiscriminate championship game do you know what the, you know what the indiscriminate really is right no what does that mean so that that that's basically what google will tell you the translation is for like for any open weight titles i think okay that makes like sense. the ddt ones also have that but if you translate them it'll say ddt indiscriminate title so instead of open weight that's what they translate it as. Yeah. But yeah, so Karate Mommy. By the way, the crowd for the show, 61 people. <laughs> John, we could be in that number. I, I mean, dude, if if they're running while I'm there, I'm fucking going. Are you even kidding? Of course I'm going to Secret Base. Like, please. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's Pro Wrestling Secret Base. How did we get on that? <laughs> Like, How do we ever get onto anything? I don't know, but like I, when I try to trace our steps back, I'm just like, what the fuck? It, it's uh, like Family Circus, and we're Jeffy, and we're eventually going to get in the sandbox. So, so I think we just talked about match four. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is match great. Five. I don't know. We we were talking about how much we want a singles match between Mochizuki and Ata this year, and then we just fucking. <laughs> cycle on right into secret base. I don't know what happened. What the fuck do these things do? They even have to do with each other. Nothing, John. That's how this <laughs> podcast works. I, I, I'm the hard left here. Well, whenever we think we're going to go somewhere, I bring up like, hey guys, remember secret base? Or it was Yoon. It was Yoon that brought it up. I brought up Yoon for some reason. Oh. But why did you bring up Yoon? <laughs> why wouldn't I, John? You, and by the way, you, as far as I can tell, wasn't even on this fucking show. I can't believe so, that the Ace of Secret Base no longer is there. I don't think you or Go was on this show. I, I don't recognize the Secret Base anymore. Okay, uh, but, but Space, whatever the fuck, Andros. Cosmic Galaxy Warrior Andros was on the show. And Universal Galaxy Mechanic Paul. <laughs> Universal Galaxy Mechanic Paul. That yeah. is better than uh, than Kawato River people. I'm sorry. Universe. You, you got, uh, why does everybody act like that's such a big deal? It's just the kanji for river and the kanji for person. Yeah. I don't like. I get. I get it. It's kind of funny, but like, it's not like it's a mystery why it's getting river people. It's just it, his name literally means river people. But University Galaxy Mechanic Paul. That's amazing. That is amazing. Like, yeah. like, do you imagine that this guy is, his name is Paul, by the way, but he represents, he is a mechanic that represents both the universe and the galaxy. Do you think he has, like, a tool belt? Do you think I don't he's know. Like a Douglas Adams character? I, I think he might be Milo. I think that's exactly what it is. So. Yeah, anyway, can we... <laughs> I really want to find, by the way, where the fuck is Chofu Heartful Hall? What? I can't, I can't, that's where these secret base shows are held, and I can't find it I on a map. Oh no, John. Bear Fakoda is still on the shows. June's grandma's basement. Probably. Chofu Heartful Hall. How am I gonna? How are we gonna find our way there, brother? Uh, you know what? I have a I have a preternatural sense of direction, 
And uh, you're just gonna what? Stick your fucking hand in the air and be like, Chofu Hall is over here. Well, Ooh. first off, John, I'm not just gonna stick my hand in the air. First, you have to wet your finger and see which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> and the wind, the wind is blowing towards the secret base. I have determined <laughs> because I believe in my heart's heart that secret base is in that direction because of the wind. Yeah, totally. That's how it's gonna happen. Where the fuck is this? <laughs> I really want to figure. I, I really want to figure this out. Like, okay, so Chofu. It's a bedroom community for Central Tokyo, apparently. Um, I don't know what the fuck is here. There's really nothing else here, as far as I can tell. <laughs> but at least I kind of know where. When you can't run Shinkiba, you run Chofu Harful Hall. It's like, it's basically like, the way it makes it sound, it's like, it's not quite, it might be like the Westchester to the rest of Tokyo, basically. Uh, that... Maybe that's too strong. I don't know. But... Homie, uh, I've never been in New York. Their... You're going to make it easier for me to understand with that analogy. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I've never been in New York City. All right. I thought everybody <laughs> on the planet... Everybody at least knows about New York, don't they? Aren't we? <laughs> okay, anyway. We, we've lost everyone. Um, we've lost everybody. Everybody's like, what the fuck are these people still talking about? Um, I just want to know how to get to Chofu Heartful Hall. But go ahead. You, you Go ahead and... <laughs> well, match number five. Do we want to go into match number five? I, do I we think want we... to find secret base? Uh, are, we I, ready, are we all ready to do this right now? Oh, hold up. Mm, mm. Yeah, let's do this. The Matt, fuck was that? Oh, oh, I was cracking Sean my back. Close the secret base website right now. I just want to know how to get to Chofu. Alright, well, this I was Shingo, T Hawk, Cyber Kong, and Al Lindemann defeating Naruki Doi, Bin K. Shimizu and Yamamura. We talked earlier about how Shima and Mochizuki came out at first. It looked like they might be the ones teaming with Doi and Ben K. And they ended up calling out Shimizu and Yamamura, saying these two fought for 20 minutes. They want to fight some more. Uh, it was a great angle to usher those two into the semi-main event. And uh, up until the finish, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, I thought oh, this you know we was... Will. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. We wouldn't be doing our jobs if we did it. But up until the finish... This match was outstanding. Um, I know Milo probably disagrees with me. I think we're at different points in our in the way we look at Berserk. Um, but I thought everyone just played their part to a T here. Everyone looked good, including Cyber Kong, who I've been really tough on. Lindemann had a great night. Ben K. I mean, what what else can you say about the guy other than that? Every time he steps into Corrigan Hall, he looks like the best wrestler on the planet. Doi was great. Shimizu and Yamamura in uh, on my match of the year rankings shimizu and yamamura had two four and a half star matches in one night so good for them uh shingo still looks amazing in my mind and t-hawk had a great night um the finish we'll go ahead and talk about it here uh dr Muscle oh before here. that before that did we talk about okay, ahead, how the ahead. how the two of them came into this match yeah we did okay so we did say like they brought them John, brought... have you been looking at the secret base website when chase was explaining Okay, I'm sorry. It, it, it happens to the best of us. I don't mind. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, but to, yeah. That... To, to reiterate, Shima Mochizuki came out. They called out Shimizu and Yamamura. They came and fought. Uh, the finish, but Dr. I do Muscle think it's important, though. Like like Jay said on his on his personal Twitter, I think it was important that the, to note that, like, Shima Mochizuki come out. The tease that Yamamura 
or they tease that they're going to be the partners, and then they bring out Yamamura and Shimizu instead, and the crowd was totally fine with that, which yep. they, they might not have been, honestly, if they hadn't done that match earlier in the night. It might have felt like a big step down to them, but to the crowd, it felt like, okay, these are two suitable replacements for Shima. Oh, okay. I mean, could you, could you imagine Yamamura walking out there without that match earlier? I mean, that yeah. would be the the deadest reaction Corkin could have for a Dragon Gate crowd. I mean, that would be... That would be the worst. That that to me would be like Dragon Gate bleeding, and there's a bullet in them, and and that you know this is them blinking, and they're seeing the light, and it's not pretty. Uh, Yamamura without that match, I mean that is that is a death blow to the main event scene of Dragon Gate. I agree. So uh, that great job the way they did that. Um, okay, keep you can go in the finish now. So so Doctor Muscle comes out uh, comes out smacks Yamamura over the head with a red box uh, which busts Yamamura open and then Doctor Muscle revealed himself to the punch Tamanaga which got no reaction. Um, I, I don't I'm know what they're sure And I, why would it? Because fuck yeah, that. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I didn't just see someone like the Seinfeld gift throw their arms up and walk out and it would have been the only white guy in the crowd. Jay just would have walked by the entrance ramp and gone, eh, you know what? I'll have someone else do the site. I'm I'm surprised we didn't see Jay just leave Corkin at that moment. Um yeah, this this is a bummer. I I still I, I, really enjoy Berserk. The match was great. I want to bury this. Yeah, match okay? was great. Yeah. We have to bury the end. Go out ending. your way to watch it. The match four and a quarter. Match was great. Let's talk about Punch Tomanaga. Okay? Oh, let's do Let's talk about Punch Tomonaga. So, he's in he's in Mad Blanky, right? Yep. Mad Blanky breaks up and becomes Berserk. Shingo specifically blocks him from joining Berserk because Shingo says he's a fucking jobber and he's not worth joining Berserk. Because Berserk Swerve. is where the strong survive and there's no luggage. Exactly. So he You know, this is why they keep Mondai Ryu around. But, okay, but Obvious. But Monday Ryu at least is useful for throwing salt in people's eyes, which is one more thing than Punch could do. But okay, so that's that. So Punch is not allowed to join, and he has to be Shingo's fucking like slave slash personal fucking servant, living living like fucking uh, stool and everything else. You know, he just sits on him basically. So after all that abuse, Punch turns on Shingo. It's a big deal, and that's one of the things that led to the fucking formation of Overgeneration in the first place. Okay? So this is, what, late 2015. Mm-hmm. He spends a few more months under Gamma's wing. It builds up to Gamma and Punch getting that twin gate shot against Dory and Yamato that looks hilarious in hindsight. They get totally squashed at Final Gate 2015. The most Fine. important match of Punch's career to that point, I yeah, would argue. Probably. More so than the Doi Darts match. Probably. And then, so what does he do after that? For 20, all of 2016. Absolutely nothing he's not even on most of the shows whenever he is on the shows he's fucking losing every single time he can't even win in osaka pro wrestling the the fake osaka pro that draws like 100 fans every time he he loses even when he goes there and so he basically spends all year being everyone's fucking jobber now in february 2017 they just let him join berserk what the fuck it makes no fucking sense has, has he proven himself strong enough to be in Berserk? No. If anything, he's proven himself to be even weaker since the, he left Matt Blanky. So it makes no sense from that perspective. Why do they suddenly want Punch fucking Tomonaga? No idea. Why would you want Punch Tomonaga in your fucking unit? No idea. Now, from his perspective, 
I guess the term makes sense because he, Ito was abusing him a lot. He called himself an ace-class wrestler. They kept sticking with that third-rate job or gamma. I mean, so he's delusional, basically. Fine. I get it from his perspective. Why the fuck would Berserk ever want this jobber they blocked from entering in the first place to be in the fucking unit? Why? Oh, no, it makes Somebody no sense. Somebody me that question. So, yeah, fuck this turn. I mean, it made no sense, and that's why the crowd didn't react. One of the reasons why the crowd didn't react at all. I think it's... There's only one way that this pans out, and I think of people on this podcast, I think I am the person who hates Punch Tobinaka the most. I've requested for him to get shot to the sun. So, <laughs> I, have abs- I, have a- I-, I-, I like UT a lot more than I like Punch Tobinaka. Like, and, and, I'm, and I'm not too high on, on UT. I, I like UT more too, by the way. Yeah, but the, th- the thing that gets me about this, and it goes into post-match stuff, which we can get into now or later. But Berserk now, what Berserk needed going into 2017 was not Punch Tomonaga. It was not another garbage-level person. They already have garbage-level people. They have Monday Rio. They have, to be completely honest, they have Cyber Kong. They, they, they have they have Yashi, who has done okay, but Yashi isn't there to bolster up a unit. Yashi's there for the mouse piece. What Berserk needed was a number two. And there and in no way, and in no parallel string theory universe, is Tomonaga going to be anything other than a lost post. So what did they do? They basically just made the heel unit, which is having problems. I mean, T Hawk is getting over as a heel, but he's not becoming the number two guy that they want him to be. Uh Lindemann has in this match really show that he's turned to a great little cocky shit. Like, he's great at that role. But is that a number two role in a unit? It's not. No, it's like a, he's like a number three. Yeah. So, so this is a unit with a number one, two number threes, and a whole lot of nothing. And how is this supposed to be the big heel unit? If this is, like, not leading to the end of Reserve by the end of, uh, l- let's say by Scandalgate, then they either have to do a massive shakeup or I don't know what they're smoking. So. Yeah. Anyone else have any thoughts on this fucking turn? It, it just killed what I thought was a great match. Yeah. What are you going to say, Marlo? Like... You know, this is hard. Because... I don't like feeling this frustrated at one of the only things that can genuinely make me happy. But at some point, I just have to throw in the towel and call this bullshit out. Everything from the bullshit red box finish to punch main Dr. Berserk to Berserk winning yet again, even though it was time for a shakeup, Everything reeks of laziness. And that's not what Dragon Gate is about. Dragon Gate is not about being lazy and seemingly too afraid to take risks. Okay? You took the risk of putting Yamamura and Shimizu in this match instead of Mochizuki and Shima. Why not go the extra mile? 
What is keeping them from finally, finally giving the good guys a win over Berserk in those big Kodakuen tag matches? What is the fucking deal? You don't, you have this feel-good story handed to you on a silver fucking platter and you turn it into a pile of bullshit. What is wrong with, like, what is going on? I want to know what the fuck is going on. Because it does not make me happy to say this. It does not make me happy to have to look at Dragon Gate and tell myself that this promotion that is genuinely one of the only things making me happy is not making me happy anymore. And it's really, really, really difficult to admit these things. It's really difficult to um, say like that I think that Dragon Gate, who is, in my opinion, one of the promotions that can really turn a situation around when they have to, this time for some reason decided to not take the risk, go with the boring, predictable finish, with the most ridiculous and bullshit reveal I have ever seen. And I j I'm so disappointed. I am so disappointed. Milo, that, and this heart. is not a back. That is not a. This is not a backhanded compliment. That might be the best point you've ever made. Um, to a point that I think it shifts my view on a lot of the Berserk stuff. So well said. Yeah, I think we've reached a point that Berserk has fulfilled its purpose. It's coming up on two years. We're going to get this next match in, in March that I see the writing on the wall and I know what's going to happen or I feel like I know what's going to happen with it. And my only hope with it and what happens after this match is Berserk and Overgeneration get into it and they continue to get into it and they decide to have a headhunting match where the winning side gets to pick someone from the other unit and if OG wins they get a claim of a Berserk member for their own. But if but if Berserk wins, they get to make a... They, they basically get to take someone and put them in the punch tone inaugural role from 2015. And yeah, Doi, they to make someone a slave. Yeah. yeah, and happy newlywed Doi, which I, I have to say, seeing that... The fact that that's still a thing was a highlight of what happened after the match. Like, was the highlight. Decided to join up with Overgeneration in this big 10-person match. And I... I don't like to fan book too much. I don't like to prognosticate, but I'm going to put on my little prognostication hat here, and we can come back next month and see if I'm right or wrong here. Does anyone think that Overgeneration is going to win that match? No. Does anyone think that 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 uh, Reserve's going to pick anyone other than Ada? Uh, I was actually going to bring that up because I remember you and someone else. I think it was you and someone else talking about this. Um, uh, it was Dylan. In, in, yeah. Yeah. And talking about this in the voice of wrestling um, Slack chat about basically Reserve winning, picking Ata, and then Ata costing them a, lo a losing unit disbands match was basically the gist of it. Right. That's what I think so, is like, going to happen. Exactly what the fuck they did in 2015 with Mad Blanky and Kness. Right. L like the Amazing. Just brilliant. Uh, oh, oh, I don't think it's great booking, but I don't think it, I'm going on a limb saying that that's what I think is going to happen. Like, oh, it looks extremely likely, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's good. 
So wait, so what's going Sorry, I missed that. E- you think E is, A is going to be the one to be the... Yeah, basically what they were the, talking about... In the about, Kinesh role, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what they, what they were talking about was that Berserk wins, picks Ata. Uh, Ata basically taps into his inner evil or something um, and plays along until there comes a loony, losing unit disbands match and Ata costs Berserk the match by turning on them. And, and, and when I when I said this... I don't necessarily think that Ada is going to go total Kness, where Kness, when he was a mad blank, he kind of unleashed Darkness Dragon on us. I think that he might be trying to shirk it a little bit, but I think the big point of it is that it's going to be the attempt to raise Ada up to the top tier, finally. Yeah. And that's like the only positive that comes out of that. But, yeah, I, the... but I think that's going to happen. And I don't... I like... Because I liked it when Dragon Gate gave twists and things like this and things like that, but this isn't really a twist in my mind. It's just I I have to give a little bit of a benefit of doubt because as we mentioned earlier, 2017 was going to be the year of Masato Yoshino, one way or another. So maybe they're going back to something that they're used to doing, but that as you said, Milo, that's not what we expect out of Dragon Gate. That's not how Dragon Gate showed earlier on the but, card. But okay, I, let's let's. I mean, we don't know for sure that's what's going to happen. So I don't want to talk too much about like, you know, burying them for something they haven't even done yet. Basically, the, the thing <laughs> is that John, I'm not quote unquote burying them for something they haven't done. I'm burying them for something that they very much have done. Mm. Um, let's just see who wins it, basically, because I still think there's a side, there's a chance. Over generation wins that because I think it'd be funny to have a berserk member as a forced baby face, but I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I just I don't see who they would have in that role, but I understand. But I I, I totally get where Milo's coming from. This was completely the punch turn was probably the worst booking move they've done in years. But yeah, the punch turn was really really bad can't really there's really nothing else to say about it except it was fucking garbage yeah um i've been saying punches garbage forever so i'm glad that other people are believing it too i mean it was really bad but um we did have an interesting main event though and the main event was interesting to me yeah the open the dream gate title match where yamato defended uh against bb hulk for his third defense i thought that was a real interesting kind of match if only because you only get about one cork in defense a year and the storyline going in between Yamato and BB Hulk like I thought that if someone's going to get shaken up it was going to be BB Hulk and instead we had kind of like BB Hulk trying to find creative ways to kill Yamato for 30 minutes he was going to shank him (laughs) and Maria was okay with it Maria was like going yeah y'all do this Whereas, whereas KZ was flipping you, out. I told you, she wanted them to take each other out. She wants to be the alpha. <laughs> She's the queen of Dragon Gate. Yeah, she is. Of course she is. Naturally. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought it was... I, I enjoyed it. Like, I don't think it was nearly as good as the the uh, eight-man or the Yamamura Shimizu match. But I thought it was okay. I thought it was very good. I, I gave this... it four stars. I thought it was, I thought it was a good match. I, it, it was very slow to start, but... After that, I really thought it picked up. Yeah. I had a little bit of the same issue with this match as I had with Yamato versus Doi. In that when it got good, it got really good for my liking, but it took way too long to get there. Yeah, but well... I, Maybe I less thought... less long than the Doi match, perhaps, but 
um, I don't know. I thought the last, like last 10 minutes, like it was 30 minutes and the last 10 minutes were really, really good. Yeah. I, I, that's what I agree but, with. I agree with you. Cut out, I, ten, I liked, cut out 10 minutes from the beginning, please. I like Jamato Joy better than this by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I, was a high I was a high person on that match anyway, though, so. This isn't a body comment at BB Hulk, but think of it in, in, in wrestling terms. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, but watching this match, he just looked so heavy to work with. I mean, there were times that Yamato was trying to get him up, and it, I, Hulk looked really gun-shy taking bumps, which I know is funny considering he gave Hulk an EVO off the middle rope to the floor, basically. But it looked like anytime Hulk was doing something uh, with, with a little added intensity, man, it looked like he was afraid to take those bumps. And it it hurt the match just a little bit for me because, I mean, Hulk just looked scared in the ring, which is funny because, I mean, for a while, B.B. Hulk was the guy that, you know, he would go through the motions and, you know, it would look effortless to a fault. And now he's in the spot where I'm watching him, and he's not hes not getting up for these moves all the way, and he's not fully committing to these things. Mm-mm. And it, it makes me worried about B.B. Hulk's health. Um, and, and I think I'd be worried even if we hadn't had the Great Dragon Gate Plague of 2017. I mean, Hulk just doesn't look healthy, and he looks very afraid in the ring, which could end up causing a problem. Um, as for the match, I thought it was sort of on par with their World 2014 match, which to me means... It was very good, but I know the wrestlers that are capable of so much better. I gave it three and a half just because yeah. I do think the the first part of the match was really, really slow. And I didn't like the, the mat work in it. I mean, Yamato's someone that I can watch people grapple with, uh, but Hulk just didn't have that same intensity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once that apron bump happened, which that apron bump, you know, I saw I saw people on Twitter saying, well, why would you do that after everyone's been hurt? Is that a response? Well, that's completely ridiculous. Um the, the Yoshino incident is a is a once-in-a-million thing. I mean, Shingo could give him 100 more Death Valley drivers. It's not going to happen. Um, it's just so many injuries have piled up so quickly. Uh, more power to Hulk and Yamada for taking that bump. I mean, that, that, is a, that is a grown man bump that did not look fun. And then that last 10 minutes, I mean, both of those guys look really good. I love Yamato still using the Frankensteiner in those finishing sequences because, like the backslide from heaven, I buy it as a finish almost every time. Uh, so good, not great. I know they're capable of better, and now Yamato um, is is there. He's you know he, he's there. Yeah. He's a champion. I'm not I'm not loving him. Yeah, I thought the I thought the the Kobe World 2014 match was better. Like, because you compared these matches to one another, and um, I definitely preferred their Kobe World match to this one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was. It always feels weird to have a singles match on top in Karakuen. Does that make is is that weird? Yeah. No, the, the last. Cause, cause, no, because we have them us. like in, we have them in King of Gate, and I don't know. It just feels weird. Just feels like what is this? This shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. King of Gate. Like I kind of like put in the back of my head because it's a different time. But I mean, usually Corkins. I mean, historically have been like the big multi-man matches up top for years now. Yeah. Mm-mm. So is I it... think one thing that we can agree on is that this was much better than the last 
Dreamgate match in Kodakuen. Which I will be bringing up very shortly. Okay. Yeah, so so for reference, the, the last Dreamgate match in Korokin was Shingo versus Gama in December 2015. Before that, it was Hulk versus Sumo in a match that I think a lot of people forget about. That match That match was awesome. wild for many reasons. Yeah, it's it's something. Um <laughs> it was just different. And they like I am a, you know, a fan of moves and and athleticism, but they they bordered into excess in that match to me. I mean, they did so much and then the time before that, I believe the Dreamgate match before that, and Hulk versus no, no, no. It was Hulk uh, versus Doi. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lanky four on one. So it was a four on one Dreamgate match where like Yagi got mad at BB Hulk because he was stupid. He was taking on too many people, and then uh, Doi won the Dreamgate technically, and then they had a decision match at Dangerous Gate, which Hulk won. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. That's a, that was that was a weird show. I totally forgot about that one. I I forgot <laughs> how weird a lot of Hulk's reign was. Now, <laughs> like that. Yeah, deal. well, he had the uh, forty-five uh, minutes. Case 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 case. That is forty-five minutes. Freak out. It, it really is amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Every forty-five minutes, here comes the robot monster nature. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, to finish up that, that point on Hulk, he had, like, a weird elimination match with Mad Blinky, where it was just him versus Mad Blinky. He lost in the second fall, I think, to KZ, and then a 10-man to close out the show with Hulk and Tozawa and Shima, and I think T-Hawk and Susumu um, against Mad Blinky. Then they did this match uh, with Doi and the rest of Mad Blinky, then uh, Doi versus Hulk at Dangerous Gate, and then Tozawa versus Hulk at Gate of Destiny. Love I liked match. Hulk's reign. And then he had the Shingo match, which was outstanding. Yeah, I, lo- I love that match a lot, too. Yeah. All right, so that was the main event, unless anyone else has any other thoughts. Um, overall... I the post-match. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead with the post-match, Milo. Take it away. Okay, so I don't have iHeartDG open right now, so I'm just going to say that CyberKong um, asserted himself as the next challenger for the Dreamgate. Which the crowd like was like, yeah. Like, like... And um, I tweeted about it, about how not excited I am for this match. Um, and um, the reactions were interesting to say the least. Yeah, well, C- Cyber Kong has somehow become the most polarizing figure in Dragon Gate, even more so than Shima. People yeah. get up in arms over Cyber Kong. I know, I, which is funny to me because I just I think I just think he's kind of there. Like I don't dislike yeah, him, no. I don't like him. I just he's usually when he's in in multi man tags, I I can enjoy him. But yeah, I don't I don't. It's really weird to me how how impassioned people get over Cyber Kong. Yeah, so Kong is the next challenger for Yamato. Um, I could not care less about this match. I made it very much known. Um, and you know, people were like, and it's, you know, it's fine. People brought up to me, oh, but they have a lot of history. They were one of the greatest teams, you know, blah, blah, blah. They are legitimately best friends too, supposedly. What? I said they're legitimately like best friends out of the ring too. Mm, That's, and that's all fine and dandy. That's beautiful. I'm very happy for them. Um, the issue is that people, you know, were like, oh, well you should give this match a chance, blah, blah, blah. The problem is that. After what I've seen on this show and last month and the month before that and the month before that and the month before that with Berserk, 
um, I'm afraid we might have a redux of Shingo versus Gamma on our hands, and that's the reason why I'm not excited about Khan versus Yamato. Yeah. <laughs> I can see I mean, that. Look, so, and, you know, I wish people would have picked up on this point instead of the first one that I made. Because I did clarify, but no one, you know, no one listens to me anyway. Um, no, but seriously, um, that's more than thinking that Cybertron is a garbage wrestler, more than just hoping that Yamato would get a better challenger, a.k.a. Susumu. Um, I'm just very worried that we're going to get a match that is going to be on the same level as Shingo versus Gama from December 2015, which ended in first a double countout and then a no contest or something like that. Right. And then disappointment. Uh, a big disappointment, because let me tell you that that is really not what Yamato needs right now. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say one thing this. I, I... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, John. No, no, John, please. You're the host. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say that I, CyberCon has had a few good Dreamgate title matches. Um, the Mochizuki one was really good, and the Hulk one was surprisingly good. Which one? BB Hulk? No, which one? 2000. 2014, I think it would have been October. Yeah. It was like it was like in Sambo Hall. It was, but yeah, it was there was weird. more than one Hulk. Yeah, Kong. yeah there was, was the one? one of the first ones. Yeah, it was this first. Oh yeah, events. there was one of Dead or Alive, wasn't there? Yeah, that one was not good. The, the one that was I don't third think the Dead or Alive top. one is, is that bad. Really? Yeah, the, I thought that the middle of the card dream game match. I, I I think the exception of the uh, the Gamma clusterfuck. I think that's the worst uh, Dreamgate match since probably. Shima versus Cyber Kong. To be yeah, honest, I totally, well, I totally forgot was about that. Was that 2015? Because so. if it's 2000, I'll go back and watch it. I remember thinking like, eh, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, because that that match was only third from the top. It was eight. Yeah, minutes well, like long. eight minutes. Also, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, the eight I minute just... long one. Okay, I totally forgot. About, that's probably why I fucking forgot about it because it's less than ten minutes. But yeah, um, not the one that's less than ten minutes. The other one, everybody. Yeah, that one was good. I thought. Um. Yeah, the yeah, first but, offense. But like, but like Milo's saying, to to perhaps to have Cyberkong tell Yamato he's never seen such a lackluster Dreamgate title match is ridiculous because he's in the worst one of all time probably against Shima. Yeah. So, like that match is so fucking bad. Like if you've never seen that match, do not watch it. It is really terrible. It's it, it has to be either that or the um, the Arakin and um, and Kishiwada Dreamgate match. One of those two. Is the worst one of all time, I think. But it's... I, I blame Kishiwada for that, just for the record. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're you're absolutely right. Like that, what the, the Shima versus Cyber Kong one is so poorly thought of that when Dragon Gate releases their DVD sets, like I think they intentionally left that one off. Like, yeah, I think it, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So he has to say that. Cyber Kong has a positive track record or can rise to the occasion is being a little disingenuous. Like, yeah. he, there's enough evidence, and then with, as Mila said, berserk bullshit to be a really hesitant about it, especially on, a, on their first big event of the year. Like, people have got to realize that Champion Gate is really seen as, like, the beginning of Dragon Gate's year in a lot of ways. Because you go right from Champion Gate into the build to Dead or Alive, into King Gate, into Kobe World, into Summer Venture Tag League, and then into the, <laughs> the Final Shows. 
Ah! Well, that's that's the point I was gonna make was that it's you know Korkins are guaranteed sellouts. They had a Korkin, you know, a week and a half later after the Shingo Gama match, uh, the number two Osaka Edeon Arena. It's a little bit of a bigger deal. I I trust that Kong. It's not gonna be a match of the year because I don't want to put Cyber Kong down in my top ten at the end of the year. But I trust <laughs> that it will be a passable match, and we've got Ata versus El Lindemann underneath, which is. Or maybe well, it might be the night be, before. Yeah, the probably be two yeah. shows, I think. Yeah, but yeah. um, it's... so I, Yamato versus Cyberkong on either the third or the fourth of, or I'm sorry, on either let's, the fourth or the yeah, fifth so of March. Yeah, it's, it's a good transition into the upcoming matches. But before we do that, thoughts on the Kurikan overall? I thought it was a very good show, just outside of the gigantic booking catastrophe that was Punch Tomonaga. But I really enjoyed this yeah. show a lot. So. Yeah, I'm I'm lukewarm on the show. I thought. Yamamura versus Shimizu was the best match. It, I mean, Yamamura is a made man after this show, which is probably the best thing to come out of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that the January was just the most nothing Corkin I've seen in years. and December, It had the choice not to be. Yeah, it did have the choice not to be. Uh, and then December, you always have the year-end stuff, which is always fun, but doesn't really ever tell a story. This one told one really good story, one abysmal story, and when I like look at my match ratings, like I only had one match that was under three stars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For, for match quality, this was a good show. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just the booking that left something to be desired. Yeah, yeah. So, so I give a really tempered and really cautious, I thought this was good, but I am very hesitant going forward, and I give zero i give an f to the whole punch tomonaga thing and the berserk stuff that's how i agree i agree with that too yeah what do you think case in my review i wrote big thumbs up for dragon gate (laughs) um just because i minus the punch thing and and if the punch thing was different i mean this would be in contention for probably it would be one of my favorite shows of the year because i thought that highly of it um, it just so happens that Punch sucked some life out of it. But, I, it, you know, especially from a match quality standpoint, I mean, this show is going to be hard to beat for a cork. And, I mean, two, in my mind, four-and-a-half-star matches and a Dreamgate match that delivered to an extent and a six-man match with Eita and Mochizuki that I thought was great. So it was, a, it was a really good show, minus about five minutes of promo time, uh, which included Punch and Cyber Kong making their presence felt, which is never comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically how I feel, too. Okay, so that, that Corkin's in the books. Let's quickly talk about some upcoming matches, since we probably won't be back until after Champion Gate and the next Corkin, which is about March. About a month. Yeah, about a that, Yeah, about a month. So probably do that weekend in March, like the 10th or the week of the, week of the 10th or 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, first of all, very shortly here, next week, is the Fukuoka show at Akata Star Lanes, which has a couple pretty big matches. The Open the Twin Gate match, Shima and Dragon Kid against KZ and Maria. Anyone think KZ and Maria are winning this? I really don't think so. It's time. I think they are. Yeah. Really? Dream to rise yeah. to the top. I want it to happen. I just you didn't can't... think there's any chance. I, I don't I mean, yeah, they... know that this Shima, Dragon Kid, Twin Gate reign overstayed its welcome with me the moment it began. <laughs> So, yeah, I can't help but be hype. I think I I'm fifty fifty on it. Um, I think Tribe Vanguard definitely need it. 
I think that they are doing a really good job building up Casey for a title run this year. And I just like seeing Maria with a belt, so. Yeah, I think Casey's going to catch Dragon Kid in the pen, and they're going to steal those titles. I hope and you guys are right. And then they're going to run really, off into the sunsets. I really, really, really hope you guys are right. I just don't feel it. But I hope... I really don't think it's going to happen, but I, I hope to God I'm wrong. I, I look at it two ways. One way, like, Case and Milo saying that, like, it feels like that KZ's been built up to this. And at the same time, Overgeneration right now is the weakest unit. So... And I don't think over generations long for this world, so yeah, they're about to die anyway. Just put it yeah. out of their misery. Uh, on the on the other hand, uh, Shima is like the one dude that will like hold a title after his unit breaks up. So uh, I'm I'm fifty five forty five for Tribe Vanguard there. By the way, we didn't even talk about this, but so now does people do? Does everybody agree that the Doi, the Doi Yoshino oh. unit? Would have formed on Kurikan if Yushin hadn't gotten yeah, hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Now, okay. Yes. So now, so now we're delayed on the unit again. It might even be the end of overgeneration. Also, or also big one, shove. one thing that I forgot to bring up that makes me very that made me even angrier about the the Kurikan booking is that I'm absolutely convinced that if Yoshino had been there, his team would have won. Yeah, probably. I'm. Oh, I'm like 99% convinced of that and the team would have won, they would have like, you know, announced, oh yeah, basically, by the way we're making this new unit, whatever, whatever so, you know, just another thing that they could have salvaged in a way and chose not to, but whatever um, but yeah, I think we're long overdue now for something to happen with the units um, I think Doi, Shimizu, Mochizuki, Eita, and Yamamura could be an interesting unit for. Oh, and Ben K for the time being. Why do I always forget Ben K when I'm talking about this potential new unit? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's but... a really strong unit. Mm-mm. So we should talk to. I, I do have the the television schedule here. This is unfortunately not going to make TV until February 27th. It looks like, which is really a bummer. But what the it, Naniwa? No, that match? that kind of. Start. They caught a Star Lane show. Oh. Yeah, it, it airs on Gaiora on February 27th, which is a Monday. So it takes a while to get to make to make TV. Let's take the do we uh... all the way down from from Fukuoka all the way down to Tokyo to Kobe, and then take it all the way back. That's why it's taking yeah. so long. So uh, I'm just gonna go. I'll just go over the TV schedule here. Do you want me to do that? Is that what you're gonna ask yeah. me? To do? So well, I was okay. just gonna ask if, if the 123 shows airing. Um, it. I don't see it on the schedule. I don't. Right? I don't. Maybe, why are they not showing Sambo Hall shows anymore? Well, there there is one on the schedule here. So February second, Corican air, is airing February sixth, which we already saw it. So who cares? Um, February twelfth is airing February twenty seventh. February nineteenth, Kobe Sambo Hall is airing on March sixth, which is a Monday. Um, March fourth and fifth, uh, Champion Gate. Is going to air on March seventeenth, which is a Friday. So unfortunately, that means we won't uh, we won't have seen it the next time we'll record. So Sometimes we they they make that a eye pay per view. Yeah, but they haven't done it in the last like last year they didn't. So I don't know. I hope I hope they do, but they haven't done it in a while. I don't think. Um, and then obviously the March eighth Kurikan will be on Nico Nico. 
But yeah, it'd be nice if they made that an eye pay per view. But I haven't I haven't heard anything about it yet. And yeah. they didn't do it. They didn't do it last year. So I hope they. It'd be really cool if they went back to doing that. But um, but yeah, so that's kind of lame that we we probably won't see those the matches on that show until you know after the we've already seen the next Hurricane, which is they gotta do something about this taping schedule, man. It's just such crap. Mm-hmm. Like air, air your shit closer to when it fucking takes place. Like Jesus. Well, when... I know we're I know we're I know we're spoiled now with like New Japan World and DDT Universe and everything, but like just air your shit when it happens. Like this is this is the age of the internet here. I can I can go I can go like a day without being spoiled. I can't go two fucking weeks. It's not gonna happen. So sadly, we live in the world where the promotion's half owned by the TV network and they have no interest. Yeah, basically. Okay, so the the other upcoming match is on that on that uh, Fukuoka show is the Naniwa elimination match, which is Doi Ita, Yamamura, Shimizu, and Ben K against Shingo, T Hawk, Cyber Kong, Linda Man, and Tomonaga. That'll probably be really freaking good. Yeah, they did a match like this already last year. Mm-hmm. With over generation and berserk, um, but this is more like a mixed team because you got oh, Doi. I think no, Doi. I think not. When I say last year, I mean I mean 2015 because I'm pretty sure it was in the build up for Final Gate. Okay. Yeah. You I... had Shima versus Shima and Ata versus Kokoka, and Punch and Gamma versus Final Gate was basically Berserk versus Over Generation. Yeah. I'm now just realizing this. <laughs> but yeah, but this will be this will be a really fun match, I think. It... Uh. And John, you're bearing the lead about the most important match on the show. What? And that is, that is Milo and my small leopard son will make his return <laughs> to the TV schedule. The That's big cat so is in the opener. I'm so proud of yes. my. That, yeah, that. So I'm, I'm hyped for this show. I, yeah, I wish it was. I wish it was airing a lot sooner. I, I mean, Mochi versus Yuki Yoshioka. I mean, it's gonna be a beatdown. That'll be fun. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, uh, this looks like a good card. Yeah, like there's not. I mean, really, the only trash match is Saito versus Stalker, but we know what happens in Saito versus Stalker matches. So right. and we don't, and we don't. Have, so we don't have a card yet, or even any matches for um for the next Kobe Sambo, right? I don't think so. Correct. Okay, so then we can. That's gonna make TV, but we don't have any matches yet. Um, the Champion Gate, we we know two matches. We know the Brave Gate title match. Ata against Linda Man and the Dreamgate title match Yamato against Cyberkong. We don't know which is on which show. Um, They'll be on I think Linda, I, I think Linda Man's winning the Brave Gate here. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, looking... I feel pretty confident. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really split on this. I'm really fifty-fifty here. I can't make. I can't make up my mind on what I think would be the best thing to do. Um, no, but so what do you do? You guys agree with me? Do you think Linda Man's winning or no? Uh, I would like to say yes, but I don't think so. I think Ata has at least one more defense in him. Actually, okay. if there's a chance between, I, I, you know what, I'm gonna forget what I said. Linda Man's winning because I think they're gonna do big things with Ata and King of Gate this year, and they don't want the Brave Gate attached to him. Yeah. So let's say yeah, Linda Man. I could dig that. Let's say Linda Man wins this. It'd be a, it'd be a big step up for Linda Man, and Ata's d- carried that belt ably for a long time now. So I think it's you know 
It's just the fact that they're doing the fact that they're doing this rematch at all after eight one last time. It makes me think Linderman's probably winning. But yeah, it's time. Um, and uh, the only way that I don't see this happening is if they announce later in March that there is a Brave Gate match in Wakayama. Like that's the only way that I don't see Ada dropping it here. I think it's time Ada's had a, a Ada's had an important reign for himself. It's time for Lindemann to see if he can step up. Yeah, and he gets he, Lindemann also has been getting a lot of pins lately mm-hmm. too. So I feel like they're building up to it. Um, the, the only other title match we know is Yamato and CyberCon. I mean, no one thinks CyberCon is winning this, right? It's not going to happen. No, I know someone no. who might. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, but there's a lot of CyberCon marks on Twitter. So it could be any one of them. And I think there's going to be a lot of Cyber Kong marks that are going to be very disappointed. Yeah, he's not winning this. Yeah. Um, we don't know yet the twin of the Triangle Gate match yet. Twin because we have to wait until the result from uh, Fukuoka next week. I don't know why we don't have a Triangle Gate match yet. I guess they're going to set it up at some point. Um, but yeah, so those those bots will be defended too, though. And then March 8th, Kurikin, we already talked about it a little bit, the over-generation Berserk headhunting match, which is... Shima, Eita, Dragon Kid, Yamamura, and Doi against Shingo, Kong, T-Hawk, Linda Man, and Tomonaga. Um, people seem to think it's going to be Berserk winning and taking Eita, so we'll see. Um, but I, I guess that pretty much covers all the preview stuff. Yeah, the, the only other thing that makes me wonder about that match, now I'm thinking about it, is if Ishida's injury is not too severe, there might be something with him going on in that match. Oh yeah, maybe. But yeah, that's it. Okay, so, and with the tape detail and everything, we'll probably come back after that Korokin, but we will not have yet seen the Champion Gate matches, hey. which will be weird, but we will have at least seen the, well, we'll see a couple shows, because we'll have seen Akata. Hey. What's up? Do you guys remember, like, you were talking about the possibility of a title change on that Truthgate show. Do you guys remember what happened last year at Truthgate in Fukuoka? No. Uh, oh, oh, it's soon we won the title. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm leaving it. I don't want to, I don't want to hype myself up too much, but I'm leaving it at that. That's, That's a good true. point. I completely space about that. Yeah. But yeah, so, so next time we'll, we'll, we'll have seen Hakata and maybe Colby Sambo. It's coming out like a couple days, probably. Well, like a week before. So yeah, we'll probably have seen both. We'll have a lot to talk about next time, basically. <laughs> Mm-mm. But there's a lot of stuff making tape like right around the same time, where so we'll be it'll be kind of a wasteland for the next few weeks, and then the 27th is when the Akata show will make tape. So yeah, we'll see. We'll talk about that on the next show. Um, okay, so the retro rewatch series. Um, Case you pick this time, so you can introduce it. Okay, well, this is a lovely match from arguably the best point in time in Dragon Gate's history, um, and also a prelude to one of my personal favorite matches ever. This is uh, Ryo Saito, Genki Horiguchi, and Dragon Kid versus Shima, Naruki Doi, and Shingo in a two out of three falls open the Triangle Gate Championship match. This is from March 6, 2005, and... We watched the full version of this match. There's a joined-in-progress version. I think it joins in for just for that last fall. This is the full version. It goes about 20 minutes. Um, one of those matches that you just look and, and you go, this is only Dragon Gate can do this. The, the intensity, the storytelling, 
the fact that Shingo was less than a year into his career and putting on a match like this is completely insane. Shingo, Dragon Kid looks healthy here. Shingo and, was yeah, like so skinny. Like he looked he like really he, is. He looked like the current Shingo ate him. <laughs> He's tiny. I mean, Horiguchi looks small. Dragon Kid looks small. I mean, I you know I get that they were grown at that point, but you know this is. This was quite the match. I love this building they're running in. I don't remember what it is, but I wish Dragon Gate ran there more because it looks really intimate and sort of fun. The crowd was hot. The Pearl um, Tyson Hall, I believe. Yeah, yeah. This is the, their that, old show, their old place in Hokkaido that shut down in 2014. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say it got shut down. Um, yeah. Well, it's amazing, I, though, because a Sapporo crowd actually made noise, which is like not always a thing that happens. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the match, I, I, the one note I took from the very start was it starts off with this hilarious, like, stare, stare down slash standoff where, like, both teams are like, okay, we know someone's going to jump somebody when the bell rings. And, like, they just tensed up for the entire, for the entire, like, uh, introductions of all six men. They're standing there, like, fully tense and ready to fucking fight because they know there's going to be somebody jumping somebody. Like, that was fucking awesome. And then, obviously, as soon as they announce Shima's um, name, Blood Generation rushes them, and the fucking fight starts. But, but like, Doofix was like, you're not going to catch us off guard. We know you assholes are going to jump us. We're going to be ready. There's one thing that every time I watch, like, every time I watch Blood Gen matches, I always think the same thing. And is how fucking stupid their pre-match pose is. <laughs> I love and every time I want to individually oh. punch every one of them in the face. Oh, Milo. Boo. John, I don't care about those glistening pecs. This is your worst take of them all. I love the Blood Generation pose. Is it worse than me thinking that Muscular Countdown is a shit song? Yes. Because this wow. pose is great. This pose is great. Wait, wait until you hear what I have to say about Naruki Doi and his Hank Hill butts. <laughs> I, I did not expect Milo to make that reference. You're so mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, so the first fall only comes in about two and a half minutes, which I I forgot this was two out of three falls. So I yeah, I did too. Very, I was very confused when, like, they all hit a bunch of moves on Dragon Kid and Doi hit the back of tear. I'm like, wow, it's early for the back of tear. One, two. Oh, here comes a, a kick out. Three. What the fuck? And then they kept rushing. I'm like, oh, it's two out of three falls. Duh. <laughs> but yeah, I totally forgot. And like, yeah, that was, uh, I was very confusing for a second. And then I was like, okay. But that was, uh, that was a very fast fall. That's all I yeah. Because you see a match that's like 24 minutes and not clipped, and you don't fucking think it's two out of three falls, but yeah, I mean, that two that two and a half minute fall, I guess, that would do it. You, you um, know what's also something that I noticed about this, that wa watching this match after what happened at Corkin kind of like stuck in my mind, and it's another reason that kind of berserk, I'm kind of done with berserk, not to go back on that whole thing. I like how Blood Generation had their own way of to running heel interference. Like, it wasn't just, like, box spots or salt attacks. Like, they were, like, distracting Yagi in a way that, like, it actually made sense. And it actually, I thought it was really cool and kind of refreshing to see. I really like that. Yeah, I see what you... I can see what you mean. And, like, I, sometimes... I, I don't know. Like, 
the heel shenanigans with Berserk bother me a lot more than the heel shenanigans did with a lot of other hero units, and I'm I, I can't really put my finger on why, but it didn't really bother me at all here with uh, Blood Generation. Yeah, I don't it, know. What, it, you, it what did you cool. think? What did you think, Lila? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really tired. No, it's okay. I just, I just was curious because you're the one who says a lot about the blo- the box attacks and stuff. So I hate it. I yeah, hate but it. like, what do you think of the heel antics here, though? What? I know. What do you think of the heel an- antics in this match? I think they're fine. Yeah, okay, that's what I, that's what I was trying to. I was trying to establish that like the heel antics were bludgeoning. I have no. The problem is that. I, I'm not opposed to the idea of heel antics, okay? Like, everyone knows that I'm a goody two-shoes, I cheer the faces, blah, 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 I'm a mark, whatever you want to call me, I'll take it, unless it's she. <laughs> but... <laughs> there's heel antics, and then there's bullshit. Right. Blood right. Gen I... in this match, heel antics. Berserk, a huge pile of turds. I, I bet yeah I basically agree and that's what that's the, point. that's the point I thought you were gonna make so yeah I'm glad you agree too um, okay so this match is awesome obviously uh, mm-hmm. very fast really pace like very just like they seem like they were going at a faster pace even than a lot of the Dragon Geek six bands go now and it's just like this was for people who don't don't have the historical context like this feud this feud may have like save Dragon Gate's existence. Like, when you really look back at it, they they were not in a good place at the start of 2005, where they they just lost all of Agon, their heel unit. They lost Milano, one of those popular guys. Months before that, they lost Suwa, another really popular guy, and Taru. So they lost a lot of people in the changeover. So they needed to do something to establish themselves again, and this feud really, I think, like, I don't know if it's quite true to say it saved dragon gate but it definitely it made people forget about the 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 departures you know like instead of instead of the instead of the story being all the people who left the story was this feud is so great basically Mm -hmm. if that makes sense was this like the first big part of the feud like it's been over a decade since i watched uh, sort of i mean they they had already teased it ryu saito had pinned shima right before the Blood Generation formation. Um, based, that was, like, I think the real start of it, where Ryu pins, Ryu pins Shima in December 2004 when it was still Waku Waku Fuji Land, And that was, like, I think the real beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and then after they... So, like, that would be, like... So that would be the real start. And then after that, it kind of... it. This is, like, the next... There's, like, the first part of the Do Fixture versus Blood Gen chapter, basically. But it already they already set the table for it with Ryu pinning Shima a, like a month a few months before this. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this was Ryu Saito's big elevation was just him pinning. He beat Milano in that number one contendership match, and he beat Shima repeatedly. So before that, he was not anywhere near this level. I love Ryu Saito. I I do too. He's one my of my favorite. Like my favorite part of like my favorite thing about Saito and my favorite part of Saito matches when he does it is when he just turns into Rio Saito suplex machine. Right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's awesome doing that. Yeah. Just throwing people around. 
Case, come on, this is your pick. Get in here. What else did you like? Why? Well, just I love the match. I, you know, um, I watched her right before we went on air. I'm. Nah, she's probably mad at me. I haven't answered her text in about three hours. Um, so things are going well there. Um, no, <laughs> no, but. But I, yeah, this match. I mean, it's one of those things that, like I said earlier, I mean, it's one of those things that only Dragon Gate could do. And I love that match. There's a spot where Doi is on all fours in the middle of the ring. Milo, <laughs> have to agree with that. I guess what? John also. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and Dra- Dragon Kid comes out of nowhere and hops off of Doi's back and then gives Shima a Hurricane Rana. And it's the best spot ever. And I'm not sure how they managed to do that in a way that didn't look completely ridiculous. But they pulled it off, and I love them for it. Doi just loves being on all fours, man. <laughs> how come what? you went to Milo first with that? Like, I'm the Dory. The Dory, I don't know what to what to call it. The Dory. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to know Dory, what you call it. <laughs> groupie is the word you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the Dory groupie here. So like, do I should get first dibs on Dory. I I, I mean, apologize. I was I don't <laughs> a note of it. Um. I, I wanted to bring up something regarding Dory. Um, is that I really and it's completely trivial and has very little to do with the actual match but every time I watch a doi match from when he had that gear I just always think about that that I really wish he would bring back that sort of like vinyl material yeah they all had that kind I think of material, that I, I think looks so much better than what his current gear is made of yeah like come on man I don't want to see him go back to black though he's a colorful man now yeah, just bring back the fucking vinyl. I, I guess. Make it kinky. Okay. He, he's happily newlywed now. He needs to go back to some vinyl. Yeah. He needs to spice it up. I was going to say, no, he's happily newlywed now, so he has to calm down and just go with regular regular cloth. Did you just suggest um, that Naruki Doi should calm down? He, 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 he fucking has. I mean, yeah. do you see him yelling fucking... That's... I'm not going to do it again. Do you see him yelling at every goddamn show? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. He, he's happy now. He's he's yeah. the happy newlywed. He's he's found inner peace. That's cute. <laughs> that's cute. Uh, she helped him find inner peace. Aww. Uh, anyway, so anything else you want to say about this match before we move along? It was fantastic. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Favorite. No. Go go watch it if you've never seen it. It's really it's one of those I think it gets swept under the rug i think maybe because we haven't had the full version available for a long time but it's to me it's an essential dragon gate match that everyone should watch absolutely so so we'll we'll go with the same rotation which would mean the next pick is mine this is back to me and i decided to choose the july kobe world 2002 main event the uwa trios three-way match crazy max sima Shima, Taru, and Don Fuji against M2K, Magnum Tokyo, Darkness Dragon, Geki Horiguchi, and Seki Gun, Masaki Mochizuki, Dragon Kid, and Ryu Saito. John! Why? Why Taru? Why? What's wrong with Taru? He's garbage. He's not great. Oh. Well, I mean, he's barely in. He's, he's a barely... garbage wrestler and a garbage person. All right, I, 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 he's barely in the match. It's one of the most famous Toriyama matches of all time. Okay, John. <laughs> he's barely, he's barely in the match. Okay. I mean, he's he's the least important member of his team. So, okay, so it's it's the UWA Trios title match, the main event of Kobe World 2002, 
one of my favorite matches ever. So that's my pick. Yeah. Um, and so it will be available. We'll put it on the we'll put it on the drive. Yeah, I don't know if we have to upload. We might have to upload the entire show, but it doesn't matter. I, I think like, I have. I, I can take care of it. Okay, we have like we have five weeks, so yeah, so we'll figure it out. But yeah, so look on our Twitter feed. We'll post a link to it so you can watch it, and that will be my pick for the next episode. Okay, the last thing we have to do, we have exactly one mailbag question. From listener Jack Kane. It's an interesting uh, one. What were your guys' thoughts on Dragon Gate being represented on Wrestle Society X in 2007 with Horiguchi and Yoshino? And <laughs> Jack, Jack said they asked because it's the 10th anniversary of Wrestling Society X. Um, I have not I, had the pleasure to see it. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen about five minutes of Wrestling Society X my whole life. So I really can't speak much to this, unfortunately. I can't. I assume, I assume, I assume they sent them over there because... They were both in Muscle Outlaws at the time, but other nope. than that, I, no. I, I think Yoshino was in Blood Generation still. Or no, Yoshino was Blood Generation. Horiguchi was Doofixer, I believe. Yeah. Wait, so this taped in 2006? Yes, yeah, 2006. Yeah. Uh, the best that they weren't in the same unit. I. It's the charm of Wrestle Society. So, cause, cause, okay, because if it if it had been taped in 2007, they definitely would have been the same unit. So, yeah. I guess it was taped the year before them. It was. Uh, um, I remember this time period because I. I loved Wrestle Society X, which is hilarious considering how I view Lucha Underground as the most boring show ever that I only do my laundry while it's on the background. Uh, but it was interesting. I think it's more... I, I think uh, Yoshino and Horiguchi, like, they kind of had like this weird storyline with... I forgot the guy's name in WWE, but his, name is, his real name is Ryan Sakota. And he was like their boss, and they did something that was like which is kind of sad that was like vaguely yakuza like or like like something like that but like they had like this crazy exploding cage match between them matt cross and teddy hart on the final show so it was okay i mean it, it happened it's kind of more interesting seeing like who all came over to, to dragon gate from that show because soon after like you had jack evans all the time and then you had matt seidel like to me, that's more that's more the most interesting part of Wrestle Society X from a Dragon Gate perspective was that was taped right as Wrestle Jam was happening, which was the first ever real big Gaijin influx in Dragon System history. What weren't like this was where Seth or uh, Seth Rollins slash Tyler Black and Jimmy Jacobs were like an emo tag team, right? Yep. Do it for her. Yeah, this is like okay. Tyler Black's like first like major thing, like even but like because this was before Age of the Fall. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and this is when you had Colt Cabana as Matt Classic. Uh, you had uh, uh, Matt Seidel was supposed to be an Abercrombie model. Model? Why say model? <laughs> model. Uh, I'm sick, guys. I caught this. The sounds one of... like this. This sounds really bad. Oh, it, it, and all the while you had like metal bands of forms, like Zach Wild did commentary once. Pitbull did commentary. This yes. sounds really terrible. Pitbull? The Pitbull, yes. Wait, like that that, that Pitbull? Wild? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll go pull up their Wikipedia and just run through who they had run. Newfound Glory did, I know that. But, like, it was, an, an, I mean, it very much was the proto Lucha Underground. This sounds really bad. Yeah, it, sounds like, bad. <laughs> it, like, it was uh, basically Lucha Underground, both a lot of the old XPW guys. I don't know why I thought Pitbull... Yeah, Pitbull this was sounds, there. This sounds really bad. 
Uh, all right, here are the musical guests and commentators. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Okay, Black Label Society on the premiere, which got a 1-0 nice. rating. 3-6 Mafia on the sixth, on the second <laughs> match. My boys. <laughs> the rating dropped from a 1. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.